0: Alright, welcome in to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, and with me today, my guest uh, is someone you have seen on AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation. You've seen him on Dynamite, and you've even uh, seen him win a championship on uh, Sammy Vlog there. Uh, that is Baron Black, and uh, Baron, uh, thanks for calling on here with me.
1: Uh, it's no problem, man. I appreciate you having me on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I know for our regular readers on the site at Four One Mania, uh, we have talked a lot about you here uh, over the past year or so. I know just kind of going back to you know getting into your head there. You know, your first I guess AEW match was really towards the start of the pandemic. That was the I think it was the April twenty ninth episode of Dynamite you had against against Sean Spears. I know that was during that time when AEW was was taping a lot of shows, just trying to do anything they could, um, you know, to have some type of programming. Not knowing sort of what was next, uh, what what was kind of what led to that for you, just to kind of get that opportunity. I'm sure that was kind of a crazy time, not just with everything going on uh, in the world, but also just for, from a standpoint of, of being a wrestler in that particular moment.
1: Yeah, that is correct. That was my very first AEW match. was Dynamite against Sean Spears, April twenty ninth, twenty twenty. Um, how did it come about? Well, um, all I know is that. Um, I got a I got a text message at three o'clock in the morning saying <laughs> can I be at a certain place at a certain time <laughs> the very next day. Well well that because it was three o'clock in the morning, it was already the next day, so um and I was like, Yeah, I did not know what it was. Um uh I got a, a text from Q T Marshall who uh runs the uh nightmare factory along with Cody and he just told me to be at a certain place at a certain time, I was like, okay, and I got there, and then I got the surprise of a lifetime. I did not know that uh, they was going to tape this. Apparently, uh, Florida was being shut down, and they brought you know production here into the Atlanta area, and was going to film some stuff, and then it was crunch time, because Atlanta was going to shut down in absolutely two days when they got here, so we had a lot to do in two days before Atlanta shut down, so it was uh it was a big surprise. It was pretty hectic. It was very surprising. It was uh something I wasn't expecting. It's just that it- you know, luckily I was woke at three o'clock in the morning when I got
0: there. That <laughs> That's right. It, just, uh, how everything comes together, I guess, in wrestling is you get a text at three o'clock in the morning, and and there you go. Um, I mean, you you remember anything specifically just about the match itself? I mean, I know it was it was a shorter match, but still, I mean, I, I know just everything during that time period had to be such a whirlwind that um, you know, just just being in there in the inside the ring, like I said, just had to be something that that was pretty wild at the time.
1: Uh, yeah, it is wild. I mean, you going from uh. You know, trying to work your indie stuff, you know what I mean? Getting yourself out there, promoting your stuff, building your brand. To COVID happening, and then two weeks later, everything is closing. And to, uh, oh, shit, I'm in the ring with Sean Spears and Tony Cavandi <laughs> and Jericho's commentating my match. This is going way too fast and my head is spinning, you know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was a very hard one eighty degree turn for me. So it was like really quick. So it was it was really surprising. It was fun. It yeah. was very fun.
0: Well and I look at kind of the timeline from there and like we said it was such a crazy period at that point. And I guess it was I don't know, probably three and a half months later, something like that. I think you had your first match on dark. Um it was in that tag team match against the, the inner circle and How did that kind of, you know, because again, there's a little bit of a break there, but I know that that was kind of still a time there, there there's a lot of unknowns during that time with everyone really. Um, How did it go from that point to, like we said, you debut your first matches, you know, April 29th against Sean Spears on Dynamite. Then, you know, you get back into it really on dark there in in mid-August or so. And and since then, you know, it's been pretty regular for you just appearing on a variety of different shows, you know, with AEW.
1: Yeah, I I just think um, at that point in time, they just wanted to film as much content as possible because everything was shutting down. And obviously, with everything shutting down, obviously, they couldn't get their roster to certain places. So, I mean, we filmed a lot of content that lasted quite a few weeks. And then they got back to Jacksonville and started filming again. And, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, certain individuals just could not travel, so you know they called a lot of us back that uh, helped them out in Atlanta when they was in a crunch. You know, guys like uh, Ten and Anna J, Lee Johnson, Sean Dean, myself, Alan Angels. Uh, the list goes on and on. We all was there when uh, we had to do that tape in April for them at the at crunch time, and um, it has paid off for all of us. <laughs> <All right. laughs> of all of us, so it was like, you know, basically giving us more opportunity for us to really, you know, help them. And, you know, when it was really, you know, a hard, tough spot for them where they couldn't get anybody, you know, to be on the content for them. So.
0: And I mean, like you said, and that's what I was going to say next was like, it has to be rewarding just knowing that group and kind of knowing what what you go through on a day to day basis just to kind of get to that opportunity and then to see kind of how it has kind of helped, like you said, the, the different names that, that you mentioned. Um, that's got to be a rewarding part of it, knowing that, hey, this is tough in and of itself in a normal environment for the business, but really in the state that it's been in, you know, for the past year or so now, um, it's got to be even more rewarding in that aspect
1: yeah it is because a lot of people uh like myself who's who's been wrestling for a while um i'm I'm going on ten plus now ten plus years of wrestling, and you grind so hard to get <laughs> to get to a platform as uh as the big league as AEW, and um you know all of a sudden it's just the right place right time, and boom there you are. You know what I mean? And some people don't get that opportunity, so I'm very appreciative of that. So Yeah.
0: absolutely and, well and and I think one of the things and I've seen a lot of people kind of mention this, but for me, you know, as someone who covers AEW Dark regularly, like I, I look at this show and just see the value in it. Like you said, it gives you an opportunity to to go out and work. And and I the the one other thing I always bring up when you know, when I, I bring this up in our reviews and such is it's so different because you're working such a variety of different styles and you have different match links and and the opponents are different like i know for you as someone in the ring like that gives you such a a wide range of opportunity to kind of learn certain things or tweak certain things about what you're doing and i know that's been has to have been you know something that that's really stood out for you even in a, an era where you really don't have a lot of fans and that kind of stuff but I mean, the value of of shows like Dark and Dark Elevation now, like it's—I don't know that people completely grasp just how valuable those shows have been, really, over the past year or so. Here,
1: it's been very valuable. Um, it's uh, been very valuable to uh, guys on the independent market, you know, like myself, because a lot of those guys have gotten contracts with AEW. Uh, you know, guys like Bear Country, Top Flight. Um, I mentioned Lee Johnson. I mentioned Ten you know, various other guys, uh, Will Hobbs is, it's been very valuable. You know, they have picked up roster members through AEW dark and it has provided opportunities for independent wrestlers where there is no, has not been independent wrestling for the better half of a year to actually be able to work (laughs) and, you know, and actually, you know, get, um, some compensation for their work as well, because there was just nothing out there for them. So, yeah, it's been... AW Dark has been a godsend, you yeah. know what I mean? Even <laughs> though the pandemic was just hell on earth, A <laughs> W Dark being born out of that was just probably the, the, bright, the bright light in the darkness that was COVID. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, absolutely and and i think some people and i know some people know this but like just the the taping process of AEW dark is i know it's different like you know we've heard some of the stories about you know you're out there taping and i I can remember i don't know i guess it was during the time period where it was colder and it just uh, people are talking about you know you hear taz and excalibur talking about how cold it is at midnight or whatever it is um what what's that like like walk people through a a day in the life of kind of a, an AEW dark taping, because I know it's a little different and a lot of people uh, probably don't realize just kind of how extensive that can be and kind of when you tape and all those kind of things.
1: Um, it, it varies. It changes from time to time, but, uh, that time when you talking about when they talk about how cold it was, <laughs> uh, I'll never forget, uh, Kylin King. I think she had like a giant blanket on in the crowd yeah. one time, and, <laughs> and that went viral, but yeah, it was, a uh, Sometimes, you know, the dark tapings have to go into the wee hours of the night. And I didn't think Florida could get that cold at night, but damn, I was <laughs> I, I learned the hard way. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you had some guys that was going out there in not too comfortable weather conditions, really putting on shows. And I'll never forget one time uh, we taped and I went out there and uh, I took a deep breath and it felt like needles in yeah. my chest. So I was like, yeah, it was that cold. So I was like, "Ooh, this is the first time," but um, it 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 uh it prepared you to work in any type of condition. So it's um, it was a, it was a great experience for me. It was a great learning experience for me. You know what I mean? And um, and uh, maybe people can uh, appreciate <laughs> a lot of those dark uh, dark episodes because some of that was really shot in not so comfortable weather.
0: So, yeah. No, absolutely and like you said, I think that's that's something people have to keep in perspective there is uh yeah, that that's not always easy given the circumstances. But you know, I was gonna bring up too and you've you've put out a video on this, you talked about it on your Twitter, but like you you had COVID. What was kind of, you know, because again, like we said, that's sort of a— it's it's sort of that point where again things are kind of started off you know you had just had your your dynamite match there again not long before um but but kind of what was that like for you just not only I mean again we we know the ramifications just from a a human element but you know also that that's again sort of one of those periods where it's like man you're you're trying to get out there you're wanting to work and do all these things and um I know that had to be kind of a certainly a, a scary experience at times too so
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. Um, uh, I was one of those people that it really didn't affect me. I didn't know I had it until I just took a test. Yeah. (laughs) I I was taking a test because I had some projects coming up that I wanted to do, so I was required to take a test, and I took a test. The test told me I had it. I didn't even know. Um, And I really didn't show any symptoms about six or seven days after I got a positive test. And then I had pretty, two pretty brutal days and then I turned around and recovered pretty quickly after that. So it was, um, yeah, it was really interesting because at that point in time, you know, people had a lot of symptoms, you know, everybody was symptoms and then you had the asymptomatic people started to creep up and I was one of them because I didn't even know I had it at that point. So, um, but yeah, that, that, that set me back from some, some opportunities, but long as i got through it that's all i cared about at that point (laughs) so you know so uh i got through it um uh it, it it was i had probably a bad 36 or 48 hours and everything cleared up from that point and i was really back on my feet in like a two two and a half week period but i still took some time because there was so many unknowns about COVID and the virus, I still took some time to gradually get back into my workout schedule. I didn't just jump right into where I left off, you know, just wanted to take some time, make sure my body healed up completely for it. And, um, ever since then, um, I actually felt stronger after I had it. So it was, it was a really interesting thing for me. I
0: mean, I'm sure, like you said, it's, uh, it's different. There's no doubt. And especially kind of in that time range where we were all still kind of learning all the information and everything. Uh, for sure. Uh, going back to dark. All right. I circled two of my matches here. Like I said, I, I've been covering the show for a while now for, for the site, but oh, man, th- th- here you go. All right. I got <laughs> I got two matches for you that I've circled. And these they shouldn't uh, be big surprises because I think these are two that, that have really stood out for me. And I think a lot of people would agree on this. All right you know where we're starting. We're starting with Ray Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah. like that's the one we have to start with because man, that's, I'm looking back at my notes here. That's January 20th. Uh, when that one airs earlier this year. And, and I just thought, which, you know, I mean, you, you work with it, but like, we, we all talk about Ray Phoenix as just being one of the most incredible, just pure talents, just in terms of everything that he can do and the style that that he can work. But Man, like you, you were in there, like you guys were countering blow by blow, like it was just one of those that I thought is probably one of the the best and I'm not just saying this because I'm having you on, but like this is one uh-huh. of the, this is one of those matches I thought and I'm sure you had to feel it in there at the time, but it's like I just thought it was one that just flowed so well again and just when you have a guy like that that I know for you as a as a wrestler like being able to work off of someone like that I mean, I don't know, again, I know as, as for someone like you, you're looking at every match, you're trying to build off of it, but that that had to be quite an experience just to be in the ring with him and just kind of pull off what you guys did because it was also one of those matches a little bit longer too. Like you guys got, I think it was nine or ten minutes, something like that, which is a little bit longer, you know, than your normal AEW Dark match.
2: Mm,
1: yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I just just one day I, uh... I, I showed up and I was wrestling I mean, um, and I was like, Oh, cool. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, you know, this going to be exciting for, you know, how, you know, how much every time we get and then I think what time we got, I was like, okay, well, let's, let's see how this is going to go. And then, um, you know, he, he, <laughs> he, he, he went at me, <laughs> he went at me and I was like, okay, cool. I, I, um, I love working High Flyers. That's, I, I just love working High Flyers. I have great chemistry with High Flyers. He's just absolutely amazing. Uh, probably the best luchador on the planet, to be quite honest with you. So I was, I was ready when that bell rung. And, um, and it, and it turned out great. I'm glad everybody enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, uh, definitely my favorite match in you AEW. Know
0: yeah no, no that that yeah, was terrific that. i mean it was it was terrific and uh, i know again anyone that, that watched it that's one that just stands out for me even as you know again covering as many matches are on dark every week that that's one i always go back to because uh it really was quite a showcase so if you're listening to this you haven't seen it uh january 20th episode of aw dark it's on youtube go find it um you know and i'm gonna i'm gonna go back and say that a lot because there's another match i forgot about but i want to go to this one next because jd drake you and him had a match about i guess a month and a half ago so now it's on the march 25th episode and it's just the visual itself <laughs> is is what i remember because you know we, we put up our review on the side and because it's, it, it's jd drake literally chest ble- bleeding like this guy has blood coming down his chest from where you have chopped the hell out of him um and then i know he hits you with some too and i just thought that was another one where again this is the value of dark it's like Five-minute match, but you know what? My goodness, you guys did so much in five minutes, and you really did. Like, you beat the hell out of each other uh, in a span of five minutes, and I thought that was another one that's very glaring just in terms of uh, when you look at those kind of matches.
1: Yeah, me and J.D. Drake, we're we're, we're not strangers to each other. We've counted each other on the independent scene. He has been grinding, uh, I believe, about the same amount of time I have, have, around nine, ten years, so... We've encountered each other in the Southeast because we're both from the Southeast quite a few times. So we we knew each other. So um, when we uh, when we came in and we knew we was working with each other, we was like, oh, we know. We we know we about to really beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> we knew we were going to beat the hell out of each other. It was like, oh, we couldn't. In our wildest dreams, we never thought that we would actually work each other on, on this platform. So when that happened, I was like, yeah, we about, we about to really we are about to really go in, you know what i mean and i and and we have our little uh ego struggle, you know what I mean, yeah, he thinks he thinks he's the king of chops, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm the king of chops, so you know i had to had to had to represent you know what I mean I had to represent i I think I hold the crown now,
2: yes, you
1: know what i mean i am confidently going to say that, you know what I mean I hold the crown, I'm the king of chops now, so it's like <laughs> i had to had to prove it that I had to prove it that. Day. I had to prove it that day. So he, he gave it to me, and I gave it right back to him. So that's, that's basically what it was.
0: Yeah, I, I think you get the crown. When you make another man bleed with your chops, I, I think you you get the crown at that point. So um, th- that is for sure. The, the other one I forgot about, and, and you mentioned Lee Johnson earlier, you guys had a match back in, I think it was early March, Um, I thought that was another one where, again, we talk about sort of the time you get. I think you guys got, again, nine, ten minutes, something like that, which is longer for for most of the matches you see on Dark. But I thought that was another one. And and you mentioned him earlier, just kind of that rewarding feeling of seeing guys like this get that opportunity. I know that had to be another fun one probably on your list there of working with someone like him who's just, you know, we we talk about guys that just are such a versatile talent. Like he's, he's certainly showcased that in the time he's had over the past year or so
1: yeah that was a good one um simply because we uh i've known him for a while I, I, i've known him when he uh first started um and then we uh been training together at the nightmare factory for <laughs> for the past year or so so when i was able to wrestle him it it, it really showed that we uh were really familiar with each other <laughs> so that's why i'm glad it, it came off that way and it was a great match and um He's super talented. He has a tremendous upside. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. But yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite dark one of my favorite dark matches on my list was going against Lee Johnson.
0: And you mentioned the the nightmare factory. And I know that's, you know, something that's been been talked about a lot at this point, because of like you said, with with QT and Cody, and just what they've been able to do, you know, from a a talent standpoint, like working with guys like you and many others. Um, You know, I I know that also, and and I'm sure it's impossible to sort of narrow it down and say, you know, what's the what's the best lesson you learn? Oh, that's kind of a a, a normal question you hear. But I, I know it's impossible. But just that learning experience, being able to, to do that on a regular basis, um, how valuable and I guess just, you know, how have you seen your game elevate just from in terms of your skills, just from being there, working, like we said, with the different opponents, um, working with this group that we mentioned that have really kind of sp- now been spotlighted on AEW television. Um, but but how has that just really been such a a big thing for your, you know, just your career overall, just to be able to do that on a regular basis and learn from guys like that?
1: It has been uh, a huge learning experience, uh, simply because I I'm a, I was a guy that only worked on an independent scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, also all the other guys from Nightmare, we only worked on an independent scene. We never worked for, you know, the major league company like AEW. And on top of that, on television, working for a wrestling company that's on television is very different than working on an independent right. scene. So, <laughs> That's a lot to learn, and it's very valuable, and it definitely helps you up your game, and it definitely makes you understand uh, what needs to be done for you to succeed at that level. So this has been very valuable. It's, it's, it's something I wouldn't I wouldn't train for anything because I, this is something that's going to help me going forward in my career, period. Uh, working at, at this TV level and being uh, TV ready is – very valuable in this business. So uh, that's the biggest thing I learned, you know what I mean? Cause it's a lot of workings into wrestling on TV that you don't do on independent.
0: Yeah. And it's funny you brought that up. Cause I, I think I just listened to the interview. I guess it was wrestling with a week that Scorpio and they had had on Jade Cargill. And, and she had mentioned that about, you know, it's not just the wrestling aspects, it's the learning where cameras are at and like which camera you need to be looking at and that kind of stuff. And I know, like you said, that's that's different from just going out and, and wrestling on the independents every weekend. That's that's a much different process in terms of learning uh, that kind of stuff instead of just the wrestling part. So that, that's an added element you have to know when, like you mentioned, you're you're on AEW television and you're doing these kind of things.
1: Yeah, it's 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 like she was saying. It's it's the camera work. It's also the learning experience of we had to do this without fans. Yeah, you know there was no people in the crowd, so that made it that made it a little bit more tense of a learning environment because you don't have that reaction uh, that you're used to from the fans. For guys that have already been working on the independent scene when there's no fans and then you trying to work on a TV level, it's like man, it's is is a real tense you know, learning experience, but it's a very valuable learning experience. It only makes you better. And um uh, yeah, it's just not the wrestling part. It's everything that go into it <laughs> during the T V show. So it's uh that's been the thing I've learned the most from and it's been very valuable to me. Very valuable to me. Yeah.
0: So. And and I was gonna say you mentioned sort of the fan aspect and, and obviously a lot of people have talked about it at this point, but it's You know, that that independent scene, which we all know, like that's a very intimate environment. I mean, it's like, you know, the fans are right there. Like there's there's a lot you can get a reaction very quickly and you know what they're thinking because they're right on top of you. But I know just for everyone, just being able to not exactly know what what's being reacted to and maybe what you take away from a certain match, knowing that there's not people in the stands to react to it. Um, how has that process been for you? Cause I'm no, I know, I'm sure it's a case where you go back, you study, you see matches like you, you pick apart. Okay. Maybe this, I could have done better or, or that was really good and that kind of stuff. But like you mentioned, not having a reaction, like you don't know until, you know, there's a, there's a full crowd again, like how people are going to react and that kind of stuff. So I know that's been a different learning process too, to try to figure out.
1: Yeah, it's been a learning process, and and Twitter been that learning process, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> when you crank on Twitter at the dark, come on, and everybody's just talking crap about it. <laughs> and dragging through the mud, or praising you, you know, to the moon, either or, and, you know, that's been kind of the learning process. That's the only way we can really kind of gauge how the fans react. Now, you know, hopefully that will change soon in the coming months, but um. It's been it's been different because you you, uh in in this sport, you know you want to feed off the emotion of the crowd and when there's no emotion or crowd there, you know it's it it makes it a little bit more challenging, you know what I mean? But I think everybody that has worked at AEW has found the way uh, to make it work. So when crowds do come back, I think they'll be fully prepared and probably be more better at gauging the emotion from the crowd now so because they wasn't there before so it should be should be more of an easier task for everyone
0: and it's so different now with with this era I mean you know just in and of itself like the the social media aspect I mean we were laughing earlier about you winning the championship on Sammy Guevara's vlog, but like That's, that helps, right? Like that gives you more eyeballs like that, that helps someone have more notoriety and, you know, BTE. And we've talked about that, you know, a lot at this point, but like, those are the kind of things that help you sort of build yourself, especially again, in this particular era, which is very unique. But I mean, even without the pandemic, like those are things moving forward that that aren't going anywhere. And, And that's a big part of kind of building yourself up and adding that notoriety. I'm sure.
1: Yeah cuz uh at at the end of the day um content is still the driving factor. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you got great content, uh, people are going to watch it. Um I think regardless of where it's at, people are going to watch it. That's why I think everybody and mama has a streaming service now. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> If you have great content, people are going to watch. So whether that be YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, whatever you got great content people are going to watch and uh yeah stuff like that like bte and sammy's amazing blog that he has uh, is definitely a, a a benefiting factor for people to actually build themselves and build their brand uh or introduce themselves to
0: the world
1: of uh, you know wrestling fans as well so yeah quality content is always going to be you know the driving force now and probably for the immediate future
0: all right, before we wrap up, uh, Baron Black, not just a wrestler, uh, w- w- what do you enjoy outside of wrestling? W- what are your go-to things if, you know, you, you have a break, you- you're looking for something to do, w- what are your hobbies? What do you enjoy?
1: Well, <laughs> you might have heard that I'm somewhat of a gamer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, so what I've been doing, I've been enjoying absolutely murdering the aew roster <laughs> in, uh well, combat 11 you know i've been enjoying that uh it's almost time for madden season again yes. so i'll be on that as well <laughs> back on madden you know handing out squash that's bat- that's on Madden. that's what i do you <laughs> know and, um, <laughs> and uh yeah i'm a sports guy too so right now i'm really happy my atlanta hawks are doing good um Hopefully they do good in the playoffs. I'm ready for football season to start as well. And that's that's really my two go-tos is is gaming and and sport. You know, that's what held me down through, through COVID. You know what I mean? Even though we're on the back end now, I really... Those are really the big two things I've been doing because you couldn't really do anything <laughs> <laughs> right. except work out. So it's workout game and sports. That's pretty much it. And Russell, that that was one of my things
0: right then and there. Yeah, well, coming from the guy who, in his Twitter profile picture, is wearing an, an Atlanta Braves hat, uh, we we have a good connection there with our Atlanta teams and um, our Atlanta sports. So hopefully, uh, the Falcons can, can turn things around because uh, that is that has not been one that that's gone too great uh, since uh, the. Infamous Super Bowl, which we will we will not discuss. Um, I guess you know. For, listen, listen. You mentioned Mortal Kombat. I, I saw you tweet about Mortal Kombat the, the movie. Now you you are not very happy about this. I, I will tell you that.
1: <laughs> no, I was not happy about it. I got in a couple of arguments with some people. You know what I mean. It's like, look, man, look. I'm I'm a high quality guy. Okay, <laughs> I like my games to be high quality. I like my in-ring work to be high quality. I like my promo work to be high quality. So I expect anything to be based off of it. anything that I enjoy, and that is one of my biggest hobbies, which is gaming. I expect it to be high quality. And when it doesn't meet that quality standard of an emperor, I'm going to let you know. Yep. And I have no problem with letting people know <laughs> that it's not me standards. You know what I mean? And I was, I was just not... You know what I mean? You know, kudos to some of the actors in there. They really tried, but they just wasn't given the greatest hand to deal with. You know what I mean? So it's like it it is what it is.
0: (laughs) You you can only elevate something so much. Um, But uh, yeah, you you were not the only one that thought that. So I think the the, the, the reviews tell the story uh, sometimes. And uh, yes, you were not the only one. Uh, that thought that but uh baron man listen this has been a lot of fun i really appreciate it again for you coming on and uh plug anything you want uh this has been a fun discussion and yeah let everybody know where they can find you on all your platforms there
1: oh yeah on twitter you go ahead and follow the emperor is t-h-e underscore e-m-p-b-r-u-h um that's i-g Actually that's my IG handle. See, yeah, I'm already messing up. I'm blowing I'm, <laughs> I'm just botching all over the place. This is a podcast.
0: We, we can cut stuff all this that's that's the beauty of a podcast. We can cut this thing up and make you sound perfect. So
1: <laughs> that's the I G. Uh the Twitter is P H E E M P B R U H. the Emperor. And um be on the lookout for the Emperor Baron Black YouTube channel. I will now be starting to upload our competitions that we have with the roster on a lot of different video games. So there will be a lot of Mortal Kombat, a lot of Madden, a lot of 2K, you know, you're going to see me just drag people. It's going to be a fun time.
0: (laughs) Yep. Not only dragging people in the ring, but uh, dragging people um, backstage (laughs) in the the video game circuit. So yeah, we'll put all the links to Barrett's stuff in the show notes. Uh, You can find all that there, but, but again, Baron, thanks so much for doing this. We'd love to have you on again, and uh, we'll talk to you again here soon.
1: No problem, man. Appreciate you having.